0: Rise for their majesties of royally obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Caitlin Menza. And I'm Lisa Ryan. And it's time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. We love the Facebook group. (laughs) We sure do. Subscribe to the podcast and leave us the royal rating of a five-star review. And you can send us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com. This week, oh my gosh, we're so happy to be back and in the swing of things and vacations are over because so much has happened in the last two weeks. Are you really happy to not be on vacation, okay, Caitlin? Because no. your vacation looked pretty great. Okay, no, but I am happy to be here because we have a very special night planned. Um, we okay, just, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> we're discussing um, Meghan Markle at the U.S. Open, uh, the Cambridges on their first day of school, which was just too adorable, mm-hmm. um, Prince Harry's Invictus Games anniversary, and we are joining joined by a very special guest, Catherine McGee, the author of American Royals. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so thrilled to be here. Of course. um, Catherine is sitting here in an outfit that matches her book cover, as is Lisa. Yes, and you're wearing blue, so Catherine's wearing... White and red, you're wearing blue, I'm wearing red. Yes. Why are we so American? I guess it's for American royals. <laughs> truly, truly. We're so excited to have you here. Um we've both read the book. We have lots of questions about it. Um, and you'll be here to chat about royal commentary as well, which is I can talk about the royals all day. Long. Oh, thank goodness. Oh, thank that's goodness. Good. I'm tired. <laughs> um and our royal refreshment um this week is um now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail a bottle of champagne. It's a Moet and Chandon's American Summer um, because we don't give up and (laughs) don't give up on summer and it matches the book cover as well. It's like, you know, shades of red, white and blue. So perfect. Wow. This is really patriotic. I know. Um, And then (laughs) let's see. Well, actually, before we even get started, I would like to tell you a little bit about my vacation. So I was in the Galapagos last week, partly vacation, partly story, but I saved this like little, reporting. You know, that's mm. like work. <laughs> like work. journalism. It's a great it's a great job that I have, but um something happened on the boat that I really wanted to tell you Lisa and I saved it for now. So on the final night, um the captain left a little invite on my bed, like on my pillow at the end of a day of like hiking and snorkeling in the Galapagos. There's a little note that says the captain invites you like Caitlin and Kevin, my boyfriend, to dinner tonight at 7.30, like sit at his table. So apparently he did this with all the guests, like one by one, because it was a small boat. So I sat with him and he was so interesting and he was in the Ecuadorian Navy and had such an interesting life. And I asked him about his kids and he was like, my oldest daughter, her name is Diana. And I was like, oh, that's so lovely. Like why Diana? And he was like, well, I named her after the most inspiring woman that's ever lived, someone whose work I really respect, someone who did so much important work in Angola and with HIV and landmines. And I was like, oh, my God. Aww. You named her daughter after Princess Diana. That's so lovely. That is He's lovely. He's like, I just can only hope that she walks in her footsteps. And I just was like, here I am on a boat in the Galapagos with, like, an Ecuadorian sea captain, and her work has flowed into like the farthest reaches of the world. That is so lovely. You know? How old is his daughter? So she is 18. Oh. I know. Isn't that interesting? And she's studying to be an architect in mainland Ecuador. Wow. I know. It was really cool. So that moved me. And I was like, mm, can't escape the royals, <laughs> even on a boat like 600 miles off the coast of land. Um, so that was just super lovely. Not to talk too much about your vacation, but I really liked all of the sea lions. Oh, my goodness. I missed the sea lions most of all. The sea lions were great. <laughs> Everyone should go to the Galapagos at some point. It's like a bucket list, ridiculous like destination, but sea lions. I guess if you live in California, you get to see sea lions sometimes. But yeah, that's I not used my to life. see them in San Francisco and yeah. they, they didn't
1: smell very nice. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually
0: people asked me about that and these ones did not smell. So I do wonder if it's like all that interaction with humans mm-hmm. in the Port in San Francisco. I don't know. I anyway, don't know. But back anywho, to the show. Back to the show. So we have a listener email. Lisa, do you want to take this one? It's from Katie, not the one in the room. Yes. <laughs> um, the subject is thank you, thank you, thank you. She writes, hi, Queens. Love that. Caitlin and Lisa, I just wanted to say how thankful I am for this week's episode featuring Sinead Burke. As someone who has a gen- genetic disorder that makes me pretty short in stature myself, I related to so much of what Sinead was saying. What she was saying rang so true. It's so incredible and encouraging to hear someone say things you've thought out loud. I just want to thank you ladies from the bottom of my heart for being such good interviewers and highlighting the issues of diversity and fashion. I also wanted to say that I haven't been able to find the September issue in Canada yet either. I am on the hunt just like you. Um, and then she signs off from your fellow Canadian Royals fan. Amazing. That's so great. I, yes. And thank you to everyone for all the lovely comments about our last episode with Sinead Burke. I wish we could take credit, but she's just so inspiring and phenomenal. So yeah, it's we could have just said, what's your name? And then she would have said <laughs> something so poetic and changed yes. everyone's lives. She was really, really great. And yes, it was so nice to hear all the the positive feedback. We're so glad you guys enjoyed that one. Um, and then we're on to this week in Royal History, which is a special one. It's like a tad early for us to be doing this, but we couldn't wait. So it's like a... We're doing two at once. And now, this week in royal history. Yeah, it's Prince Harry's birthday this week. He was born on September 15th, 1984. Um, And he's going to be 35. Yeah. I did that math. (laughs) Sure is. Can't wait for people to comment on how it's wrong (laughs) somehow. Um, But... Because it's his birthday and we've talked about his birthday before, we thought it would be interesting to talk about this other anniversary that's happening this week that he's also such a part of. And it's also kind of a birthday of sorts. It's the fifth anniversary of the Invictus Games. And so Harry has been doing, uh, he's been at a lot of events lately talking about the Invictus Games. And we've been seeing, you know, some really sweet interviews that he's done and speeches he's given. And it's just been really nice because it's such a wonderful project that he Started. Yeah, he started, you know, for those who aren't super familiar with the Invictus Games, it's a a sort of Paralympic style competition. It is for veterans um, who have been injured um, through their work in the armed forces. And so, you know, you've seen Harry out there in his sporty gear, like promoting this for years. It launched five years ago. And of course, now this isn't the only thing it should be famous for because it's really amazing work that he does. But I do also associate it a little bit with it, it was Megan's first public appearance with him uh, was in twenty. Seventeen. It's been so long. It's been so long, and yet not. It was only two years ago that she first <laughs> appeared on the scene, and I'm like, oh my god, so much has happened to her in two years. With the Everlane purse yeah, the that Everlane. everyone owns.
1: <laughs> also, it was at the Invictus Games that they had just announced the pregnancy, and they had the little yes, baby onesie that exactly. was branded Invictus the next Games. Year. exactly. They're marking all their
0: relationship milestones completely, yes. completely. And yes, for the anniversary, Harry um, gave a, a speech that was really you know, truly moving and talk about how much they've accomplished. And I said, I I think in the last five years, these guys have completely changed how we view disability, how we view mental health. This is all them. Basically, he was saying, like, you know, don't applaud me for this. Um, He said, we've had some laughs. We've had some tears. I can't ever thank you enough for the impact that you've had across the world. Um, He also made a little... Archie reference. He said, oh, what a huge amount has happened in five years. Medals have been won. Children have been born. Not necessarily mine, but JJ is referring to one (laughs) of the other um, people that he works with, one of the other competitors. Um, So, of course, as you know, I love any Archie mention. It was just a lovely, lovely thing. And then he did on Sussex Royal, which originally was on their stories, but blessedly they put it on their main feed, Uh um, was him answering questions. And this is such a shallow thing to comment on with such an important topic, but he looked really handsome in the Instagram (laughs) And really happy. (laughs) Like he's just, he's grinning in that giant, giant Mm -hmm. way. And also he's wearing the pullover that that sort of like oatmeal color that kind of looks like the one that he wore the day that Archie was born. And he like went out to say hello to people. You know what I mean? Who knows? He may have many. I'm sure he does. He looks so happy and great. And then he also looked great when he was wearing a suit or a tux the other day. Yes. Always appreciate That. that. It's like a handsome man. A, a, a great it's a week. man. Also on the Sussex Royal Instagram, Um, it's gone now, but they had a, a ceremony and he was, you know, thanking all these people. And it was on the Insta story and they soundtracked it to Bruce Springsteen's glory days. So important to all <laughs> of us, but mostly Caitlin, because she's from New Jersey. <laughs> I'm from New Jersey. I'm from the Jersey Shore specifically. and um love bruce springsteen as one must when you're from that area and i just was like this is such a combination the confluence of all the things that i love the most mm-hmm. um and it, i was very overwhelmed also it wasn't just any glory days it was an acoustic glory days that they put on the soundtrack i was like who chose this a deep cut a deep cut if you will <laughs> i just I, it made it even more emotional
1: for me Catherine, where are you from I'm from Houston, Texas, but I went to school in New Jersey, so you understand. I understand. <laughs> I it's like Bruce Springsteen is the
0: American royalty who's she I is. love it. I love it. He is my New Jersey royalty for Absolutely. sure. Oh, that thrills me. The inspiration for your book, I assume.
1: <laughs> <laughs> half for Springsteen, half the Kennedys, half the Kardashians. That was three oh halves. God. I don't know, guys. You are really <laughs> describing. you can be hard. <laughs> you're, now
0: you're really describing my perfect book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's amazing. And then as well, uh, we had some other Sussex news, which was um, they more formally announced the dates of their South Africa trip, which is much sooner than we realized. Yeah, it's. I don't have right now. September twenty third. It's September twenty-third. I lost a piece of paper. <laughs> it's quite all right. We got a lot of we have so much to cover that we have a lot of paperwork ahead of us. And so we'll definitely talk more about that trip yes. closer to the date. And we're gonna be obviously obsessing over it and yeah. very excited to see yeah. where they go. I'm they just do. so thrilled that we're gonna see archie honestly it could be anywhere but i'm especially glad that it's happening in south africa um such a wonderful country and they gave us some details um it's the 20th september 23rd to october 2nd um they will all the whole family will be together in south africa and then harry will continue on to angola malawi and botswana um but we're gonna see that baby Which thrills me. And they sort of hinted at some of the kind of work that they will highlight. Um, And a statement said they're there to promote women's education, health, entrepreneurship, and leadership. Which, like, amazing. That is amazing. That thrills me. It falls in line with a lot of the development work that Megan did when she was an activist before she became a royal. Mm -hmm. Because um, when you go on trips with organizations – Like the ones that she was traveling with, you, well, at least in her instance, she was meeting with girls in schools and she was going to um, women's centers. And so this really seems to fall in line with her passions. Yeah, it continued in that statement. The Duchess of Sussex is particularly looking forward to the opportunity to learn from inspirational women in the region. As patron of the Association of Commonwealth Universities, Her Royal Highness will meet female entrepreneurs, academics, and community leaders and join discussions with with Southern African young women about the future of their countries. I mean, wow! Um, it's going to be really, really special, and it is very soon. So, yay! But something stuff that, to live for. <laughs> something that happened sooner, <laughs> just happened. Uh, Megan was in New York. Yes. For us, very selfishly, it was horribly timed, as I was at a wedding yes. and Caitlin was on this <laughs> journey <Yacht. laughs> without us, which was really rude. tough stuff. Super tough stuff. But. Megan flew to town to support her friend Serena Williams in the U.S. Open final, and it sounds like it was a last-minute trip, yeah. but it was super low-key and really, really nice. I We've said this a million times. We love their friendship. Yeah. We love Serena Williams. That's not a unique thing. Everybody loves Serena. Like, how could you not? She's so amazing. But Megan arrived at the U.S. Open, and before she was there, there was a a story on people saying that Megan went to a yoga class in the West Village. Yes. And I was like, oh my god, what if I did yoga and what if I went into the West Village more regularly? <laughs> I would have maybe seen her. What if I did yoga? I like that as like a starting point for you on this journey. But I I was um, saying to Catherine before we started that like I used to be on ClassPass so I've tried like every yoga studio in the New York City area, but not this one. I just wanted to like have sweat in a place where Megan Markle sweat, but she probably doesn't sweat. She just like, you know, glows oh. Exactly.
1: (laughs) I know someone who was in that class and she said (laughs) she told me the story so you're getting it third hand but she said that there was an empty mat at the very back it was probably a 60 person class hot yoga and then Megan came in five minutes late and left early and since it was hot yoga nobody had their phones in because you don't want your phones to break (laughs) and there was a security guard station there were two entrances to the studio and there was a security guard at each one but very nonchalant you know in street clothes security so that's that as much as i know
0: so it just seemed like a regular person and then just honestly if i was in that
1: class i probably wouldn't have even noticed i would have gone the whole class blissfully unaware because i would just be
0: doing my thing. but Also in hot yoga, you're just struggling to survive. Struggling to even keep breathing. <laughs> <laughs> or at least that's how it's been in my experience. I think that's lovely. I love that it was like a low-key yoga thing. And um, people said that she liked that studio and she tried to go every time she was in New York. So it's nice that you know, her life is kind of chaotic and crazy and in the public eye, and we're all obviously, like, podcasting about her. But it's nice that she gets these, like, yeah. slices of normalcy, and she can still go to the, sa- the same studio that she likes. So that happened, and then she went to the U.S. Open, and it was just lovely. Because, first of all, I mean, superficially speaking, she was wearing this J.Crew denim dress. And I like when royals wear something that I could theoretically kind, afford, like, <laughs> kind of afford. Like, I'm not really shopping at J.Crew. I'm actually shopping on Poshmark, but... Right. But like I could go to J Crew and get a dress, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, you can't get this one because, of course, it's sold out. As is the little cardigan that she wore over her shoulders. Also J Crew. Also J Crew. And she looked stunning. Yeah. Like, uh, just... it was just so great to see her um, out and about. And speaking of that, like we are recording on Wednesday night. Um, I know she's returning to. She's doing her SmartWorks charity event on Thursday. When this, you know, when this goes live, um, so it's just like she's back. It's so exciting. And she sat in Serena's box and so you, you see her um, hugging Alexis Ohanian who is Serena's husband. He also is like the co-founder of Reddit so he, he has his own career but to I me he's to Mr. <laughs> exactly. Mr. Serena and he actually does a lot of really great work advocating for um, parental leave. Yes. Which is extremely important especially in this country that does not have good parental leave at all. Yeah. Especially for a guy to do it. Yeah. So he's doing all that work and um, then she was sitting sitting with uh, Serena's family and then right behind her. At first, I didn't notice it because I was at this <laughs> wedding and trying not to be rude. But then I was looking and I was like, wait, is that Anna Winter?" So like, <laughs> Anna Winter was like right behind her. Yeah. And there's a video or images as well where they're like giving the kiss on the cheek. And it's like, wow. It is a special day when Anna Winter is like the least famous person in a photograph. You know, you're like, oh, that's Venus. Oh, that's Meghan Markle. Oh, that's Alexis Ohanian. And then you're like, oh, right, Anna Wintour's three rows back. I've never had good seats at the US Open, and I didn't go this year, but in previous years, I've gone. And the screen will like, you know, they they showed Megan on the jumbotron. And so in the past, I've seen them show Megan or like Victoria Beckham on the jumbotron. But then I would just like stare at them for the entire time, <laughs> even though I couldn't really see that it yeah. was them because I don't have the best eyesight. But I was like across the stadium, kind of looking in that general direction and thinking I was looking at them. But then it turns out it's a different person. <laughs> and then after a while, I find them. That has I've never been there when a famous I've never been at a sporting event where a famous person was there that I can think of but um I do know that our previous guest Michelle Ruiz was at the U.S. Open that day and she posted about seeing her uh, like on her Instagram and yeah she just was like our 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 princess was so demure like she just like sort of smiled in a sort of embarrassed way when the jumbotron was on her but it was just a great great appearance I thought that if you had any doubts about Megan and Serena's friendship, like to see the warmth between her and the Williams family, you just couldn't miss, you couldn't fake that. Like Venus kept putting her hands like on Megan's shoulders and they would like sort of hold hands. It was just really sweet, you know. I'm just, I'm like intimidated even thinking about it. Like imagine like being (laughs) friends with these incredible people. I know, like so accomplished. I mean, of course she's accomplished too. It's just like wild. Um, But yeah, I loved the whole appearance. I loved that denim dress. I felt like it was so chill and just like chic and the, and the, little Cardigan over the shoulders in the way that I could never and the do. big handbag, yes, oh, big it was handbag, huge. big handbag. I will say, like, and I'm gonna sort of put this on Elizabeth Holmes just a little bit because I wouldn't, I don't, I wouldn't even think to speculate like this, but of course, as a fellow new mom, she gets it. She was like, I wonder if there's a breast pump in that bag because it's such a big bag. Um, and I just was like, oh, interesting, like, I just liked that. So,
1: about the cardigan thing, I and I haven't been in New York for a little while, but when I was back earlier this week, I was down in the West Village having dinner on Monday night with a friend. And I noticed so many people with <laughs> a sweater or jacket thrown over their shoulders, but hands not through the sleeves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that Fashion the Meghan Markle effect? Is that, or is this just a thing that people have always done and I'm only now paying attention
0: to I it? I would say it's twofold. It is like, if autumn in New York even though it was 85 degrees today and people are like I want to break out my new fall look like you know when you want to wear your boots and booties even though it's not cold enough to do that you want a pop of color somewhere. exactly and so I feel like it's that little shoulder thing to be like it's the fall and now I have like my little jacket on my shoulders that's part one part two is it's been fashion week you know it's today's last day of fashion week and so I feel like that's a very fashion editor thing to do mm-hmm. is just throw it over your shoulders also when I was sneaking glances at Twitter at my friend's wedding, um, I did see some people being like, "Why is she wearing a cardigan? It's not that cold." Or, but like, I was wearing a leather—sorry, not leather—my uh, jean jacket that I had yeah. with me. So like, it was kind of chilly. I was outside oh, yeah, in yeah. New York. It was—it was definitely cardigan or jean jacket or leather yeah. jacket weather. It's September. It goes in and out. Like, it's fine. And it was part of the look. Like, let her live. Like, I thought it was a cute look. Yeah. You know, it was very like office transitional, aspirational look. And speaking of both cute looks and transitions (laughs) Kate Middleton looks super cute dropping her adorable kids off at school Uh, what a thrilling perfect appearance this was to have the Cambridge kids on their first day of school like anyone on social media I'm sure you guys in this room and you guys listening all had people on your social media posting their kids first day of school photos with them like holding that chalkboard thing or whatever no that's not a shade to that I don't have a kid to do that to um But it was almost like the most – like, that was the version of this, was the Cambridges taking their kids to school. And it was Charlotte's first day of, like – real school not preschool and she looked so great she was twirling her pony you know i really encourage i'm sure you guys have seen the photos but watch the video of them walking up to the school because charlotte is twirling her ponytail anxiously with her hand the entire time like not just a finger but her whole hand is winding up her ponytail it's just very cute you know she also held on to george really tight
1: and it was so cute to see them being affectionate with each other because
0: you know, don't always Kate, see that Kate at that and Will age. Aren't,
1: yeah, or, or at any age. The royals aren't encouraged to to do that. Remember yeah. how much trouble Meghan got in for holding Harry's hand yes. when they were walking to yes. the Christmas church service? Yeah. And so it was cute to see them as children just doing that in a very unselfconscious, natural,
0: sibling affectionate way. I agree. That portrait yeah. that they released, like, you can see that Charlotte has her hand around his waist and she's, like, grasping his belly. Um, It was really sweet. And during the school drop-off, Kate's hair never looked better. <laughs> Like, I have to say, that's what everyone was saying. Like, yeah. New hairdo looking good. The color, she's done like a, she's been sort of going in this direction, I would say, for like a full year, just warmer and warmer and lighter and lighter. And it just looks so good. It looks so good with her skin tone. Um, As we've discussed in previous episodes, both Lisa and I have tried to have red hair. Does not work. Does not work. It takes a lot of money to have that sort of golden, toasted, you know, reddish look that she has. I don't have that money. We are but brunettes. You, <laughs> you, Catherine, have gorgeous, resplendent, blonde hair, perfect <laughs> hair. Neither of us have perfect hair right now. Sorry, Caitlin. Excuse but like, me. You, you look amazing. It's not shiny like Kate's, though. (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, listen, the woman has a team. She was born with great hair, but she has a team helping her. But I really, really like the look. It's not as, like, super curly, bouncy blowout like she's had in the last couple of years. I wouldn't say it's more natural because, again, it's, like, a really good blowout with a ton of body and stuff. But I just love this warmer color. I like how it seems slightly more relaxed, even though it's not really. I just love it. I think it looks really good with her skin. But I am sure that if you went to Dry Bar, you could get the same. That's true. They should actually make that one of their styles. They should. You know how like if you've go to if you never been to Dry Bar, they give you a menu of like different names like the martini and whatever. That's They should have the Kate Middleton. That would sell right out. And you'd get that while you're watching Blue Crush because they always have Blue Crush <laughs> the movie or, playing. Or the Sex and the City movie. <laughs> um, but it was a great appearance. We also had um, Charlotte Another eagle-eyed, you know, Royals reporter spotted that on Charlotte's little backpack, she had a unicorn keychain. It just goes to show, like, unicorns are everywhere for little girls these days. Like, my boyfriend has a baby niece, and I gave her, like, unicorn onesie and unicorn socks. Like, it's just unicorn everything out there. So she's not immune to the trends. I didn't know that was a trend. It is definitely a trend. You guys can let, you know, listeners... Help me here, anybody with little girls. I feel like it's unicorn everything. These it's days. nice to see
1: them having things that are normal though. That's what I
0: liked about like it, like a one
1: dollar unicorn keychain that you you know yes. get at a drugstore.
0: It's it's cute to see the royals having things like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. like she's a little girl and she likes a sparkly sequin unicorn. she's like she yeah cheesecake it reminds I me to of say. how
1: <laughs> diana used to take the boys to yes. mcdonald's and they would get yes. so excited about the happy meal yeah and the and toys yes the the toys are like the best part when you're a kid
0: yeah no it is really nice and of course somebody i also like the out. fries yeah like, <laughs> but yeah somebody priced out the keychain that it was like 60 cents or something so royals just like us Royal kids Um, So we yeah, they went to school. We got the portrait. Um, We had another event with Kate um, later today. And she it was oh my God, it's the same day. It's the same day. It's been a long day. (laughs) I was like, was that today? It was no, it was yesterday. It was yesterday. Okay. It was a different day. Okay. (laughs) Glad we cleared that up. (laughs) I mean, it's all the same to you guys listening because the point is it was in the past. But um, she had yet another flower show event garden event um this Has garden anyone ever loved gardens more? no one's ever loved gardens more it was just such a classic kate event from the first to the last like she wore amelia wickstead her fave she wore yet another floral dress in the style that i wrote about that was like her uniform for the summer or like a sort of midi length floral print you know flowy skirt kind of situation um Again, the hair looked outstanding. She gave a lovely speech emphasizing once again the importance of getting your kids outside from a young age and how it helps with their development to get them like, physical and help them enjoy the outdoors. Um, she shared with a Royals reporter that Louis loves sniffing flowers, <laughs> <laughs> which I love. I was- no, I can't say it. I don't hear it. <laughs> okay, I can't say it. Uh, but that was just so super sweet. Um, but this is, this marks the end of the garden events. But what I found to be notable was that Mary Berry was there. And I have not watched that much Great British Bake Off. Four times fast. Three it's, times fast. I've had like <laughs> almost a full glass of champagne. So that's why the <laughs> slurring has started. And um, I can't wait for all of the comments about it. But... um it is the most pleasant thing you could possibly watch. Yeah, I've it's heard just, that. Like the stakes are so high and that they are so low. Yeah, the, the stakes are like, oh no, will my I can't cook, so I don't know what I'm talking about. Will my collapse. truffle <laughs> trifle like rise? <laughs> is there enough yeast in this bread? I love and that. It's just so great because in a world, or I guess the world has always been this way, but it in this day and age, where we're so aware of everything happening at all times, the Great British Bake Off is just a great place to. Forget that things are difficult and you can just watch British people bake and (laughs) try really hard to bake quickly and and have great accents. And usually the criticism, like sometimes it's like they don't really like it, but it's like, oh, this could have had more salt. (laughs) And that's like the worst thing you could say. Um, No, delightful. And so she sat next to Kate at part of the event and... I don't watch bake-off so i don't know a ton about her but i can say that the two of them seemed to love each other and there was even a moment where mary like clutched her knee they were laughing so hard which like to your point you don't see the royals touching each other a lot and you certainly don't see other people touching the royals remember like michelle obama famously sort of like was judged or criticized for hugging queen elizabeth which I would also hug her if given the opportunity. As someone
1: who walked in and hugged both of you (laughs) before I even
0: knew you, I I can relate to Michelle. (laughs) Uh, Yet we are not royalty, so we encourage the hugging. But yeah, we love attention and affection. We love affection. Um, But yeah, it was just like a very sweet moment to see this woman clutching Kate's knee as they like threw their heads back in riotous laughter just a very sweet moment i
1: hope they were joking about trifles <laughs> i hope
0: so too <laughs> the one from friends that's what i was thinking of because <laughs> when rachel made the one that was the like meat half yes. a shepherd's pie half a trifle the meat trifle <laughs> sorry spoiler <laughs> Friends spoiler 20 years later oh, it's still good and the it last up. the last thing i'll say about kate is she is on the cover of people magazine this week um and the t- like the headline is how Kate Middleton is cementing her role as future queen. Quote: She is finding her voice. Um. So it sounds like people describes having a well-placed palace source, quote unquote, um, and they note she is finding her voice. Um, Someone from one of the charities that she's worked with, um, the National Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children, talked about how she like really is engaged in meetings and she doesn't just pop in and pop out and like get bullet points. She asks tons of questions that she can understand the issues better before she appears at events for them. Um, And they you know, she talked about how she's becoming ever more and more confident, and that her passion probably going forward, like one of her pet causes, will be um, helping mothers and children everywhere. And obviously, we've seen that with the flower show and the garden events that she's always emphasizing, like children's mental health and children's development. Um, it's just an interesting piece, like in this moment, um, Kate. Yeah. Becoming queen. That's how that works. Um, And a family friend also told people she's now more open with what she wants to say. And funnily enough, she is more relaxed as well. Bring it on. I love a relaxed Kate Middleton. Again, the hair really emphasizes that relaxation. She always looks like she just came back from like Saint-Tropez in the best of ways. (laughs) And so now, of course, well, we're not joined. We've been here the whole time. But we've been joined. We've I've been, been lurking joined. here in the third chair.
1: <laughs> but That's now, the voice you don't recognize.
0: <laughs> but now we get to fully put the tiara on you and discuss your book, American Royals, which came out, was it yesterday or last week? It came out last Tuesday. Okay. And can you wow. share the news that you got like an hour before we started recording? Yes, so it is a New York Times best selling novel. <gasps>
1: <gasps> oh my god. I wasn't here yet. Yeah, at wow. Lisa wasn't here yet, oh so my gosh, she didn't yeah, know. You guys found out before my
0: parents and my <laughs> husband. So. Wow. Yay. So you're saying that you love us more? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, we have so much in common. <laughs> this is thrilling. And it's so appropriate that we have champagne. It's hard for us to reach each other around the equipment, but let's just like pretend we're all we're like, dinging we're together. We're all lifting a glass. Catherine, yeah. that's amazing. So Thank con- you. Wow. Super congratulations. We're so happy to have you here on this Evening. Um, so first, can you just tell us um, what the book is about? Can you sum it up for our listeners who haven't gotten a copy yet? Yes, American Royals
1: is essentially Crazy Rich Asians meets The Crown. Oh,
0: ama- what a lo- what a log
1: line. That's a <laughs> better.
0: Th- that's a lot better than we were describing it because we love Gossip Girl, so we were like incorporating that. Oh yeah, love Gossip Girl. Gossip
1: Girl is a good comp to The Royal <laughs> We, I absolutely. love. Oh yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Anything Jasmine Guillory. Oh yes. my God, yes, <laughs> amazing. So what is a bit of the the storyline? imagining of present-day America if America was like England and had a royal family. So yeah. it basically asks the question, what if instead of being our first president, George Washington had actually been our first king and modern America has a royal family the way England does. And it that. follows all of the romances and forbidden love and adventure and drama of the modern generation of young royals. So it's two princesses and a prince and they're all up to no good. I love that. Wow, that's awesome.
0: <laughs> and so how did you even come up with this? And first of all, we know you're royally obsessed because you have participated in this conversation. <laughs> but how did you become royally obsessed? This concept probably began
1: in 2011 with the first royal wedding. Mm-hmm. I oh. wish I'd known you guys then because I would have made you come with me too. <laughs> I have a friend who used to work in TV, and she brought me to the Katheryn Hoda royal viewing party, <gasps> which was really fun. Oh I have great pictures god, from it. Oh my it. god! And so we much all, white wine.
0: I will never forget yes. the Kathy Lee and Hoda Hour. Oh, my God. I carried in my heart. I was mocked on SNL so often. Amazing. But it's We perfect. were watching
1: this live at 5 a.m. Oh, uh, what a uh, blessing. That was when the pre-show began. So I used to work in book publishing, and I... Later, went to work that day after being mm-hmm. at a a mimosa open bar <laughs> where the mimosas <laughs> didn't have orange juice in them. Wow. <laughs> it was a champagne open bar. Wow. From five a.m. to about eight thirty, when the wedding ended, wow. were Kathy
0: Lee and Hoda there the entire time?
1: No, they popped in and filmed some B-roll and left. Oh. And they popped in at the end. Obviously, they did not show up at five. Although I do think they filmed pretty early most yeah. of the time. Yeah. Wow. It was mainly just a big party of a lot of people in hats who were really excited on a Friday morning to watch a royal wedding live and and then go to work. Uh, Maybe some of them then went to bed. But it was (laughs) so fun. And the moment when the newlyweds kissed, everybody broke out in cheers. And then I looked out and I felt like people on the street were excited. And all of New York was sharing in this moment and rejoicing with these royals that don't even belong to us. And so I just started thinking, you know, we don't, we don't even have any royals. Like, what if we did? I guess, and that that became the initial concept for the book. And then it, it took many years and many iterations to get where we are now.
0: A New York Times bestseller, amazing. And who can you tell us? Just like a, we don't want to give too much of the book away, but some of the the sort of main characters of the family, and maybe how heavily based on the real life royals they are.
1: They've all got different real life counterparts in small ways. So, the. The sort of the first character you meet is Princess Beatrice, who's the heir to the throne. So imagine if Prince William had been a girl. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. she's actually going to be the very first woman to inherit. And I don't know if you guys have talked about this on the podcast at all, that the rules didn't change in England until 2013. Yeah. It was a 2013 act of succession to the crown that changed the British succession from the oldest male child to the oldest child. Wasn't that just when they were pregnant with George? It was when they were pregnant with George. And they had not yet announced the gender. So Parliament finally got their act together. That's insane. That's really late for that That's to change. That's way too yeah. backwards. Yeah, it's it's pretty nuts. And it still hasn't changed in Monaco and, and plenty of other places. Wow. Japan, too. Wow. <gasps> Get it's it wild. together, world. <laughs> I know. it's You think we live in the future, but sometimes we still live in the past. Yeah. So that found a counterpart in your book. It did. So I really wanted to write, even though I... I love George. I do wish Charlotte had been born first. It, <laughs> it just would have been so f- I love the Queen so much. And yeah. I think she's done incredible things to shape a 20th century history and yeah. the way we think about modern feminism. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to have three generations of singing God Save the King. And it kind of bums me out. <laughs> so oh. if you want to escape into a world where their queens are in charge, <laughs> come to American Royals and, <laughs> and join me in this fantastical adventure. <laughs> I love that. So Beatrice will be the first queen, and then there's her younger sister, Princess Samantha, who's the spare, as it were. So there's quite a bit of Prince Harry in her, but Prince Harry circa 2007 when he was acting out and Mm -hmm. going to parties in inappropriate costumes and uh, didn't really Uh, know where his place was. Also quite a bit of Princess Margaret from The Crown. Who? Oh, yes. Yes, I mean, I see that. I love Vanessa Kirby. So same. She can do no wrong. <laughs> she's so beautiful. She did. She's so beautiful, and she did an amazing job in that part. She really did. She
0: really got like the frosty, like cutting you down with just a little. Hundred percent. I know, and I loved
1: your episode with Craig Brown. And I oh, loved, thank you. <laughs> I mean, any like all of Princess Margaret's one-liners when you read them, they mm-hmm. sound like fiction. It's yeah, like someone wrote them for her. and Unbelievable that that she actually just was that disdainful and haughty and snarky and clever all at once.
0: Anytime I interviewed somebody um, for like my previous job at The Cut um, about Princess Margaret, I always kind of expected them to be like, you know, but she had a heart of gold like inside and no one ever said that. (laughs) I just always thought like there had to be something where someone would be like, oh, but at the end of the day, she was a saint.
1: Right. It like, was no, just no. Peter Townsend who thought that. If yeah. you sh- if you ever go on a really good but creepy read, you should go read Peter Townsend's I don't even know his like memoir. Memoir about his love affair with her. Oh. And he I mean he goes on about how she's charming and vivacious but but vulnerable and sad and lonely and he just wants to comfort her. And then you pause and remember that she was sixteen and he was what, thirty Two and, and divorce <laughs> like,
0: has a bit ew. of a creepy
1: overtone to it. Classic. Wow. <laughs> <Ew>. Anyway, moving <laughs> on to, to that. Blood. Back to American Royals. <laughs> there's also Prince Jefferson, the third sibling who, you know, so he's the only boy, but he's also the youngest. And he has two girls who are sort of fighting over him. So there's his ex-girlfriend. So think Kate when she and William were on a break, except a, a conniving social climbing version of Kate. You remember how the press always called her, um, obviously, weighty Katie, and then they called her and Pippa the Wisteria sisters? Yes. Because there was this mentality that they had planned everything from the beginning, that, you know, she switched her school so she could go be with William, that basically this was all an elaborate scheme set up from age 14 so that she could be queen. I think that's a really great plot line for a book that's a fascinating character who would do that so that is my character Daphne I love that she's the tabloid version of Kate who's the social climber and then I have a final character who's sort of the everyday ordinary girl who's just a normal college student who gets pulled into a relationship with the prince as might happen to any
0: of us really (laughs) (laughs) that's the dream if only I'd gone to a British university or a school with like or boys, Men. yeah. You went to My, an I, went to an, I went to an all-girls college, so that was not happening. Um, so, what aspects there was? There's, I mean, there's so much I love about your book, but there are so many details that I think were really fun to imagine. Because, of course, as you said, an alternate version of the United States. So, there's all these imaginings of like the White House as a castle, sort of, and all the th- ways that our country would be subtly and not so subtly different. So. What are what were some of the most fun aspects to dream? I mean, I liked the jewelry and clothes as mm-hmm. well, but like, what was the most fun to dream up? There
1: are so many places that I had to think of the what if, mm-hmm. and in big and small ways. So, the small ones were everything from you know, yeah, what do the crown jewels look like? Where did the British royal family change? I have us marrying into the royal family after Queen Victoria. Right. There's an American princess who goes in. So we don't we don't have the whole um, abdication drama right. that, that the <laughs> real British nice family had <laughs> and and then in much bigger ways, such as you know, does America have an aristocracy? So I decided yes because mainly I thought it would be really fun to write. Yeah. And logically, I did think that George Washington, if he had become king, would have rewarded the patriots and generals of the war with nobility because that's mm-hmm. what you did back then and and then of course the really really big ways like how does the rest of the world look and so i've because i am an optimist and i don't want to write a dark unhappy world i have us in a world where some of the political structures have frozen in time in the 18th century but obviously we've advanced socially so we've still got the romanovs but no more serfdom mm-hmm. so i it's as if the romanovs actually did everything right and reformed and made themselves a modern constitutional monarchy similar to the British. And so I get to do fun things like in book two, the famous Romanov pink diamond tiara, which is I really wish still existed, um, (laughs) makes an appearance Oh, I love that so much! Yes, I know. Can you imagine what a diamond a tiara <laughs> made entirely of pink diamonds would look like? Sure. I can.
0: Yes. Yeah. In my dreams, it seems very pink and diamondy. <laughs> so, one thing that's really cool is I know that you've been doing a lot of appearances because, of course, that's what happens when you have a book coming out. But I saw that you had an event with the Fug Girls who wrote the Royal We, and so many of our listeners have started reading your book and told us that you know it's. It's like the best thing since the Royal Wee, because they've been looking for something like the Royal Wee. So I think that's really nice that you got to. I see love them. the Royal Wee. And <laughs> I can't say enough good things about
1: it. And I actually did have to pause a few times because I, I wanted to have moments of princess training, like all the princess diaries. You know, everyone wants oh, Julie Andrews yes. to like, teach them how to mm-hmm. drink tea and champagne. I do want that. Uh, yeah, I, I, would, I would like to sign up for that. <laughs> but um, I had to pull myself back because. The Royal We does that scene so perfectly in the scene where she's learning how to get in and out of a car elegantly. Yes. And I was like, I can never top that. So... So
0: I'm just going to not try. <laughs> um, and actually, um, the ending seemed to hint maybe at a sequel or even a series. Is there anything you can tell us?
1: Oh, there will definitely be a sequel. I'm so sorry you read that book thinking that
0: okay. that was the ending <laughs> of the story.
1: Okay. I, I, would, I be, that would be criminally cruel to end a story <laughs> that way.
0: Okay. Which is a good, I think, yes. hint for readers. Oh, yeah. Sorry. It, it no. ends on
1: quite a cliffhanger, but I hope a tantalizing and fun cliffhanger that will absolutely
0: inspire you to stay with me because fun things are happening in book two. Oh, so exciting. So exciting. Um, so I have some general questions as well. Um, why do you think the Americans are so interested in the British royal family? Like, why do you think everyone was in New York was watching that day?
1: I think that we've been trained in a couple of ways to think of history as a series of stories about royals because that's even when you're in middle school and high school. It's just easier to distill it down to these very human stories. And that's the fun thing about royalty is that they're playing out jealousy and family dramas and spurned lovers and secret relationships. And instead of just playing out in a soap opera, it's playing out on the world stage and it has these huge ramifications. So the opposite of the Great British Breaking Show where there's no stakes. It's like the ultimate world stakes and people's lives and the entire well-being of a nation are at stake. And then I think in particular for Americans, because we don't have that function, we are fascinated by it. And when we instead roll those two jobs up into one and ask our president to do all the head of state things for better or worse. And I think there are plenty of presidents who find it probably very irritating that they have to pause all of the actual executive work that they're doing and do the White House Easter egg hunt and (laughs) do the turkey thing at Thanksgiving and, you know, represent the nation on the world stage, whereas the queen does all of that. And she's incredibly uncontroversial, whereas the presidency is inherently by its very nature a controversial role. And I think there's something really wise in carving that out as a separate position and asking someone to, to take that on. It's a hard job yeah to be liked by everyone and to cause no waves i mean the queen has spent her entire life not irritating anyone and that i don't even know how she could go about doing that because i irritate people on a daily basis
0: (laughs) (laughs) well not us (laughs) not you either (laughs) not us um no it's been an absolute absolute delight having you here we're so happy to have you here on this special occasion at some point we'll let you go to like tell your husband and your family that you're a a bestseller yet again Um, (laughs) but not quite yet we have a couple of more things to discuss um, before we adjourn the royal pod we're going to do our highs and lows it's time for the royal highs and lows. So, lows first. Lisa, do you have one top um, of mind? I really hate to even bring it up, but because it got so much press, I feel like we have to. Um, that 60 Minutes Australia special, yeah, um, feasibly about Megan, but not really. It's more about... I'm really tired, so I'm a little bit unfiltered <laughs> today. Well, basically, yeah, like, we didn't see it, but 60 Minutes in Australia released the promo, and it made everyone around the world, but I, of course, we were seeing people in the U.S. freak out because it just the promo was so racist. And just, like, here's a bunch of racist people talking about how much they hate Meghan Markle. Like, who gave this, who gave this special the green light? So, yeah, absolute low. Um, my other low sort of in that vein would just be, um, there were some people who were like, Why is Megan in New York when she's a new mom? Oh, my God. I forgot about that because it was so freaking dumb. It's so dumb because I'm just like, oh, are we going to do this every single time she goes outside for the whole time that she has a child? Why isn't she by the child's bed at every single second (laughs) and not being... Yeah, like, are person. we still doing this to moms? Like, that's, that's horrifying. So that was my low. Sorry What's, to bring you, to admire you in so much negativity, but do you have a low? Your pattern? low doesn't have know. to be as these awful. Are,
1: <laughs> these are, yeah, those are sad lows. I, I um, No, I, I share your lows. I actually would say I want to use Megan as a high and say yeah. that I just, I really, that's my high is that she got to come and do something for herself. I feel like she made... A really painful and difficult trade-off, and like gave away yeah. her privacy forever. And it's nice that she occasionally gets to do things like go to yoga class, go sneak away to New York. Did she? Do we
0: know what airline she flew? We don't, but we know she flew commercial. Or yes. I think maybe it's unreported, but I don't know off the top of my head. But I I'm know it not was commercial. Sure. I assume a British one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know no it was very commercial, which was important. Um, yeah, I think my high was that um, megan appearance as well. It just. I'm so glad to have her back. I'm obviously so glad that she took all the time for her maternity leave, but I'm selfishly really glad that she's back and that she just looks so happy and was with her friends and her friend's family. And it really thrilled me. And I loved getting details as well about the South Africa trip because I'm so excited to see that baby. Mm -hmm. Duh. So that's my high. How about you? My high is that Olivia Coleman, our queen, a queen of our (laughs) hearts, is on the cover of Vogue. I should say, neither of us work for Vogue. No. This just happens to be like a Vogue-heavy couple of weeks or I guess a Vogue-heavy yeah. month. But the last one was British Vogue and this is American, but we love Olivia it's Pullman. It's so good. The pictures are amazing, the interview's amazing, and it's the, just great. The cover is so great. When I saw it, like... You know, I work in magazines. I was like, this is why I work in magazines, because this image just, like, made my whole day. It's just so good. She looks amazing. The, the story is so funny. She reveals that her dog is, I don't remember what the first name is, but his, it's like Lord Waggison, like Tennyson, because it's a dog. I love that. I love Olivia Colman. Classic, Just classic, classic fantastic. So thrilled that The Crown is finally happening. And in the interview, she also talks about how she was, like, she thought, what would Claire Foy do? Like, she was so nervous to do it. She tried to, like, imitate Claire Foy a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Outstanding. Don't we all? Outstanding.
1: <laughs> I've come so, full circle on my thoughts about the new season of The Crown. Because it's finally happening, and no, so you're I not I was held devastated afraid. at first. I was like, how can you ever leave Claire Foy? Oh, yeah, that's true. I just want to, like, I want her to hold my hand through every <laughs> trauma of my life. <laughs> that's completely fair. I love her. Uh, but now I finally have taken my time to grieve, and now I'm really ready to move on with Olivia Coleman, and I, I'm here for it and I'm like fully behind her. That's so true. It's a, This is a really yes. forward but it was a, thinking it was episode. a long journey
0: for me to get there and you guys helped me along I'm, the way. So thank you, to you for that. that. Thank you. Olivia stands to the end. Um You guys can drop us an email at info at to ask us any and all questions about the Royals. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Here's a real review. Lisa, would you like to take this one? Yes, it's nice and short. Um, the subject is simply a delight. The hosts are warm, funny, and have great chemistry. Yes, we do. <laughs> um, this podcast is indispensable for fans of the Royals. That's very nice. We very much appreciate that. I'm also really Thank impressed that they spelled indispensable wrong. Right, because I couldn't, I couldn't do that. It's one of those words just off the top of my head. Couldn't have it. Couldn't do it. Um, you can follow the show on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Riley Obsessed. Um, Catherine, where can people follow you? At
1: Catherine McGee, spelled the funny British way, K-A-T-H-A-R-I-N-E. That's British? (laughs) It's super old school British, like Catherine Varagon old school British. (laughs) And uh, Catherine
0: Hepburn was also an A, as I
1: recall. Yes. Also, Catherine McPhee spells it this way. And so I've had quite a few people... Uh, buy my book because I think it's written by Catherine McPhee so I'm really <laughs> sorry to disappoint them
0: <laughs> listen take the sales wherever you can get them you're a New York Times best-selling author so thrilling and for a reason and, not just because of Catherine McKee <laughs> and American <laughs> McPhee, Royals sorry. is out now and you can get it wherever you books can buy are buy anywhere sold. thrilling where can people follow you Lisa Lisa Raya on Twitter and Instagram and me Caitlin um I'm at H-A-Y-H-E-Y <laughs> <The> spelling. <laughs> um, on Twitter and Instagram it's H-E-Y-K-M-E-N-Z or read my writing at CaitlinMenza.com Until next week God save the pod Yay! <laughs> ah! Oh my god <laughs> I almost spilled my champagne <laughs> Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode God save the pod and if you fancy the podcast give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of 5 stars on Apple Podcasts Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a Gallery Podcast production.